Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me once again for yet another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to hear our very special Mother's Day message, which was a prophetic word from the Lord. And so many of our mothers were blessed on that day, and I believe that you will be too. This message is entitled, God Bless Mama. It is subtitled, The Good the bad and the courageous mothers and i know it's going to be a blessing to you so call a friend and let them know that kingdom rock radio is on the air and today they will be marvelously blessed remember after you've heard the message make sure you share it with a friend download it on our website at kingdomrock.org that's kingdomrock.org And if you're just hearing the sample of this message, make sure you click on our 2011 player and hear the entire message. If the sample blesses you, we know that the entire message will do the same and a lot more. Just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org for more information. God bless you. And now here comes the message entitled, The Good, The Bad, and The Courageous Mothers, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. God bless mama. God bless mama. Now, those of you that have been with us over the years know that I typically do not preach the calendar. I can't stand it that a calendar would dictate to me my message for the message that the Lord wants me to bring. However, it is the Lord's desire that we bring to you this message today. God bless mama. I can tell you it was my desire to go into a part two of why do you call me good? But the Lord said, no, hold that. And he gave me something else that is specifically for you here today. God bless mama. And we're going to really subtitle it, if you will, subtitle it, uh, the good, the bad, and the courageous mother. The good, the bad, and the courageous mother. All throughout. Now, y'all praying with me today? Praise the Lord. I'm not going to, I'm going to apologize in advance. And that was my apology right there for anything that's about to be said. Praise the Lord. It's not me. It's the spirit of God. All right. So I move with fear and trembling. There are several examples of the good and the bad and courageous mothers in scripture. And we're just going to um, dive right in. Now, you can make a note of these. We won't turn to these. We're going to spend the majority of our time on the courageous mother. This is where the Lord really wants us to go today. But I need to tell you about the good and the bad as well. In the book of John, the second chapter, verses 1 through 5, we see an example of a good mother. This is Mary, the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they are at a wedding in the city of Cana. And uh, as they're there, the wedding, they uh, they ran out of wine. This was a social disaster. And Mary goes over to her son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and tells him they have run out of wine. In short, she's saying, do something about it. And Jesus said, what have I to do with thee, woman? Or mama, what you talking about? But she knows, here's an example of a good mother, she knows how to influence him to bring out the best in her child. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Can we, can we say this here? I know the Lord is all God, but yet he, still he's all man. And he made himself subject unto his parents and he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. 
So she was able to influence him and a good mother is able to influence their children to bring out the best in them. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Another example of a good mother would be that of Hannah in the book of first Samuel, the first Samuel, the first chapter verses 24 through 28. Uh, Hannah prayed that she may receive a son and, and she did. The Lord blessed her with a son and his name was anybody. Samuel, that is correct. Samuel. And after Samuel was born, she lent Samuel to the Lord. That is, the child was born, and um, when the babe was winged, the Bible says, when the babe was winged, somewhere between the age of three and five, she brought the baby right back to the house of God, to the church, and gave her son to the priest to be raised in the house of God, to serve God. Isn't that something? That's an example of a good mother who knows how to who knows how to place place her son or place her children into the arms of destiny, into the arms of their purpose, who knows their gifts and callings well before they well before they, they do, before the child does. The mother knows and has sought the presence of God, has sought the face of God, and knows that this is in my child, and this is the best place for you. It's going to hurt me, I'm sure, I'm sure Hannah said. It's going to hurt me to release my child, to release my three to five year old into the house of God, and then only to go back and see him once a year. Hurt. But this was a good mother who knew her child's destiny and knew where her child uh, would blossom and bloom. And of course, Samuel became one of the greatest prophets uh, in the entire Bible. Are you with me? Let's look at some examples of bad mothers. Say bad mothers. In 2 Kings, the sixth chapter, uh, we can see in verse 27 through 29, you can make a note of it. A bad mother is one here who eats her children. When you think that'd be bad? Yeah. It's pretty bad. Time of famine here in the land and, and uh, the people were hungry and two mothers got together and they said, well, we'll eat. Let's eat your son today and we'll boil him and we'll eat him. And then tomorrow we'll boil yours and eat yours. Bad mother. So they did that. They ate their one of them ate their child. And, uh, and it came time for the next day for them to eat the other child. And, but that mother hid that child. <laughs> You're not eating my son. Yours were good and tasty. I like them baby back, baby back, baby back ribs. That's kind of terrible, isn't it? But, but they hate that child, bad mother, to give your child, to eat your child. That's, that's pretty bad. And uh, we can also look in First Kings, the third chapter, verses 25 through 28. And uh, we see here how two mothers, uh, they both had babes again here. And uh, one mother rolled over on her child and suffocated the child in the night. And then went over and stole the other mother's child and kept her. Well, King Solomon uh, uh, heard about this and called them all into court. And uh, he said, well, whose baby is this? And both mothers say, it's my baby, my baby. You killed your baby. This is my baby, my baby, my baby. And King Solomon said, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. Uh, bring me a sword, somebody. Bring me a sword. Ralph, yeah, guard, bring me a sword. Bring me the baby. 
put the baby here on the table. We're going to chop the baby in half, and uh, we'll, do, we'll do it that way. You get half, mother, and you get the other half. How about that? Well, one of the mothers said, hey, that's a good idea. Let's do that. That's all right with me. Y'all need to read your Bible, I'm telling you. First Kings, the third chapter, verse number 25 through, through uh, 28. You can look at it later. And so the baby's on the table, King Solomon, he raised up his sword, and one of the mother says, no, don't do it. Just give the baby to her. King said, all right, that's the mother right there. She's the one. She is the mother of the child. Remember, one of the mothers, bad mother said, uh, that's fine. I'll take half, I'll get the head half, you get the foot half. That's bad. Are you with me? Bad mother. And one of the greatest examples of a bad mother in scripture is Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife, the Lord Jesus declares there in the New Testament. Lot, uh, Lot's wife, although she is not given a name, she is also a mother. She has daughters, right? Sure. When God was going to bring down judgment uh, in uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, it was Lot, and rather when, yeah, when God's going to bring judgment in Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, God sent the angels in, in through the land, and they came up to Lot's house, and they told Lot, you and your family got to get out of here. God's going to rain down fire and brimstone. He's going to destroy this place. Lot said, well, why don't you come on in here and let me, uh, let us prepare you something to eat first, and you rest for a while. And so the angels agreed, and the Bible says that Lot prepared the bread. The Bible declares that Lot prepared the place for the angels to stay. To stay. Lot prepared the provisions. Now, it was customary for the wife uh, to prepare the bread, just like Martha did there in, uh, when they were celebrating uh, at the banquet in Jesus' honor. Martha went around and prepared the bread, prepared the meal, and so forth and so on. Uh, but in this case, Lot prepared the food because his wife wanted nothing to do with it. Remember, she wanted to stay in Sodom and Gomorrah. She wanted to stay there. So she wanted nothing to do with these people that said, I got to get out of my house. I got my blinds put up just the way I want them. I got my flowers in the window and I'm not leaving here. All my friends are here. I got roots. I just bought some new shoes. I'm not going anywhere out of this place. So she refused to host the angels. She refused to host the presence of God. These were holy angels, God's word, God's promise coming into her house, but she refused to host the presence of God because of her own selfish desires. Well, what happened? They came out of uh, the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. And who looks back and turns to a pillar of salt? Lot's wife, the mother of those two daughters. So what happened? She turns to a pillar of salt and Lot and his two girls. They go on up into a mountaintop somewhere. And uh, the girls think, well, uh, our daddy, uh, he's the only man alive and we're the only people alive. They don't know very much. They're thinking that they're the only people alive on the entire planet. And they decide to get their daddy drunk and have relations with him and have children to help repopulate the planet. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Are you hearing me? They think they're the only ones around. But what would have happened if mama had been there? Are you with me? But because mama was absent because of her own desires and out of place, it caused the children to sin against the father. Hallelujah. Mama's got to stay in place. Hallelujah. So that was an example of a bad mother. 
And uh, we have to, mothers, we have to stay in place and keep our ear attuned to the Spirit of God, tap in uh, to the will of God for our lives and for our children's life. Hallelujah. And as we do that, God will speak and he will confirm your words. Let me give you an example of this. Now let's go to Genesis, the 21st chapter, Genesis 21. And we're going to stay here for the remainder, remainder of the time. But as a mother, you have authority. As a mother, you can speak a thing and declare a thing and see it come to pass. As a mother, you can speak words of comfort to your children, words of inspiration, words of encouragement. You can bless them or you can curse them. There is power in your voice and there is power in your prayers. As a mother, you can cover the generations as a mother. And we're going to see some of this now here in the book of Genesis, the 21st chapter, as we talk about our last mother today, whose name is Sarah. Are y'all still with me today? Sarah. Oh, this is wonderful. We're going to look at verses 1 through 14. And it says, And the Lord visited Sarah, as, uh, he, as he had said, And the Lord said unto Sarah, as he had spoken, For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, um, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son, Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was an hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh, so that all that here will laugh with me. He's made me to rejoice. God makes mama to rejoice. God bless mama. And she said, who would have said that, who would have said, said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. Now look at verse number nine and we're really heating up here. Verse nine says, and Sarah saw the child of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had born unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore, she said unto Abraham, cast out this bond woman and her son, for the son of this bond woman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous to Abraham's sight, rather in Abraham's sight, very grievous in his sight and uh, because of his son. Now, let me stop there for a moment. Some of us may not know where Hagar and her son, whose name is Ishmael, where they come from. Well, God had promised to God had promised Abraham and Sarah. Now, they were both well 
old and they're uh, Abraham was about 100 and Sarah, you know, about the same. They're both old and God promised them that you're going to have a son. Well, when it didn't happen right away, Sarah said, well, she said to him, said to her husband, Abraham, honey. He said, yes, dear. Well, since God has not um, opened up my wound to have children, why don't you go in over there to my slave girl? And uh, give, you can have, I'll have children through her. If you do that, Abraham, I'm sure, said, slave girl. Yes, right over there. Hmm. Well, he agrees. Abraham agrees. And, and he goes in unto Hagar. And Hagar indeed conceives and has a son. His name is Ishmael. Are you with me? He can see where she can see has a son and the son grows up and the son is now about 15 years of age when Isaac is born. So for 15 years, Abraham has his thought that well, Ishmael is my son. He must be the promised child there. I don't know why God didn't let Sarah conceive, but maybe he meant uh, for this to happen. So for 15 years, Abraham, I'm, I'm sure, uh, circumcised Isaac and uh, rather circumcised Ishmael and called him son. And they may have gone fishing together. They may have gone camping together. Uh, he may have shown them, showed him how to shoot a bow and arrow, how to kill a deer or whatever for 15 years it was just Abraham and his son Ishmael praise the Lord but then one day boom Sarah gets pregnant God said the appointed time you're going to have a child Sarah gets pregnant Sarah has baby Isaac is born Ishmael is upset are you with me now 15 years of age back in this Bible time was old enough for a child or for a young man to start his own family. A lot of them start their own family at 15 years of age and began to work and provide for their families. This was old, so to speak, at 15 years of age. And so they're there at this party and Sarah saw, in verse number nine, and Sarah saw the son of Hagar, Ishmael. She saw the the child beginning to mock Isaac now Isaac of course is a baby are you with me uh here again between three and and five years old and Ishmael comes over and mocks him now to mock means to to make fun of anybody have been made fun of before to make fun of you, uh, uh, to taunt you, you know, and all that stuff. So Ishmael's coming over to taunt your child, to, to make fun of your child. Now, Ishmael is Sarah's son. Hear me. Ishmael is Sarah's son because she said, I will have child through Hagar for you, Abraham. So she is uh, Sarah, rather Ishmael is Sarah's adopted son. And she has helped raise him for the last 15 years. Are you with me? Abraham, Sarah, Ishmael, Hagar is over there. Hagar is over there on the side. Remember, she took him in as son. And now she sees one son mocking the other son, causing confusion in the house. Now, here again, mocking means to make fun of. It means to ridicule. It means to uh, to laugh at. 
And what Ishmael was actually doing was that he was making fun of or mocking the promise of God in Hagar's life. He was making fun of the grace of God because Isaac represented the grace of God. Ishmael represented the things that Abraham could do, that Sarah could do. But Isaac represented the promise of God, the grace of God that only God could do. Are you with me? So here was, here, here was uh, Ishmael mocking God's promise, mocking God's word. He was mocking everything that Sarah stood for through her entire adult, adult life. She wanted a child. Isaac was her first and only child, and she was very old now. So when, when Ishmael began to mock Isaac, he was mocking everything that she stood for. He was mocking her faith. He was mocking the very power of God in her house, the presence of God in her house. And so what was, what was Sarah to do? And she said in verse number 10, wherefore she said unto Abraham, Abraham, cast out the bond woman and her son. You think that wasn't difficult for her? Cast him out, get them out of here. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be, uh, shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. Now understand something. We're about to get heated up. Are you ready for this? She had to make a decision. Now my son Ishmael is old enough to make, uh, he's old enough to start his own family. He's old enough to have, he's old enough to, to raise his own cattle and, and everything. You're old enough now. You're old enough now to mock me. You're old enough now to get a job and get up out of here. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Ishmael was old enough to get married. He was old enough to start his own family. Instead, he stayed at home, causing nothing but grief uh, for his mother, for Sarah. Sarah at this time had no choice but to say go because he was disrupting the peace of God in her home. He was disrupting the peace in her home. Remember, it was Sarah's ear that was close to the heart of God. How do we know that? Let's read on. It says, and this thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. Abraham was tied up. Oh, I love my son. And he did not want to release the child. Didn't want to tell the child go. But what did God say? And God said unto Abraham, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and uh, because of the because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah had said unto thee, hearken unto her. In other words, listen to what your wife is saying, Abraham. For in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That's wonderful. God said, listen to your wife. Listen to the mother. Listen to her. In other words, Sarah had the heart of God. She knew what God was saying. This was, this was of God that she released the child at this time. Are you hearing me? And so, so here is the, the heart of a courageous mother. The courageous mother knows when to release her child at the appropriate time. Even uh, the animal kingdom tells you that uh, when, a, when an eagle, when a mother eagle 
uh, sees the child get a the little eaglet get a certain age, she'll actually kick the eaglet out the nest and cause that little thing to fly. There are certain times when we have to uh, abandon, so to speak, uh, our, our motherly instinct and hear what God is saying. This was against her, but this was a word of God that was in her that was telling her it's time to release the child. It's time to let him go. It's time to do that. And if if Ishmael had stayed in the house with Isaac, they probably would have killed each other. I wonder are you hearing me today? The Bible says in Proverbs 22, um, verse number 10, it says, drive out the mocker and out goeth, out goes strife, quarrels and insults are ended. Cast out the mocker. Now, he not only mocked her by his actions, uh, but rather by his words uh, with Isaac, he also mocked her with his actions. Remember, when they are old enough to mock you with their words or actions, they're old enough to leave. Uh, now, here's some things that also things that, that I have received for you. It says, uh, if you go to work all day, mothers, you go to work all day and you come back home and you're tired and you find that, uh, you find that your child who's old enough to have their own place, old enough to do their own thing, you find them at home sleeping on the sofa and they haven't washed the dishes, haven't taken out the trash, haven't washed the clothes or haven't cut the grass, they're mocking you. You may not want to say anything to me, but I'm going to tell you anyway. They're, if they're old enough to get a job, they're not even looking for a job. They're, but they're at home eating up all your food, running up your power bill, running up your credit card bill, running up your phone bill with long distance phone calls, burning up your gas in the house and in the car. And you want to get in the car to go somewhere, but you can't go anywhere because the car is empty. They're mocking you. Yet and still... Uh, they call on you to bail, bail him or her out of jail to fix the car that they have torn up. And you constantly apologize for their behavior. Oh, he didn't mean that. Oh, she didn't mean that. You make sure he or she has, a, has food to eat, a roof over their head, and a car to drive. Yet and still they ignore you and they treat you like dirt. They are mocking you. They don't listen to you. They refuse to follow your wisdom. They won't receive your correction. And, and they mock you and the God that you serve. And the Bible says here, and, and this is what God is saying in this hour. Sarah, how long will you let Ishmael stay in the house? When God has told you it is time for them to be uprooted and start their own nation. Because understand, God told Abraham, let them go. Hear your voice, hear the voice of Sarah, hear the voice of the mother. Because in Ishmael is another nation, and it is a great nation. But this great nation will not blossom, it will not bloom at home. Hallelujah. It won't happen. It won't come to pass. In them is greatness, but they cannot become great under the wing of mama. Sometimes we're going to have to extend or rather bring our wings back so that they can blossom and so that they can bloom and so that they can become all that God wants them to be. Now, it so happens to be that Ishmael uh, was the, we can say he was the father of the Arab nation, which brought rise, of course, to, um, to Islam. 
And right now, the Islamic nation and the Jewish, Jewish nation, of course, Jews came out of the lineage of Isaac. And right now, you look over there on the news, you see the, the, um, uh, the radical Isla- Islamic nation and the, and the Jewish, the Jewish people, they're fighting over the promised land. They're fighting over Jerusalem because the, because, uh, Ishmael says that and the descendants of Ishmael say that that land belongs to them. But the descendants of Isaac says, no, that, be- that land belongs to us. We are the promised child. And so they, even today, they're fighting and warring and killing each other over the, over the inheritance that God gave to Isaac. Are you with me? Yes, if those two men, if those two boys had stayed together, they would have killed each other. And so it was the wisdom of God that told Sarah, get Ishmael out of here. It is time for him to grow up. It is time for him to experience life. It is time for him to begin his own family. And I do believe that Ishmael also had 12 sons, just like Isaac had 12 sons. But that would not have happened under that same roof. Now, there's nothing wrong with grown children staying with mama and daddy. Praise the Lord. That's fine. That's fine when we can come together and we can uh, bring our resources together. That's a good thing as long as everybody can stay in peace. But if they're old enough to mock you, they're old enough to mock your God and not hear your, not hear the wisdom of God that is placed in you, then I tell you, mother, you need to seek the face of God and ask him, what do I need to do in this case? Because one thing is going to be true. Either Ishmael's going to stay and uh, you will not blossom or bloom and your finances will stay right in that same place. If you let Ishmael continue to eat up the promises and the provisions of God that he's placed in your life, placed in your home, then that would mean that God is not going to give you the abundance that he promised to give you. He's not going to release the abundance so that Ishmael can eat it because he doesn't want Ishmael there. He wants Ishmael out and experience life and become the great nation that he's meant to be. Hallelujah. Oh, I know it's not a popular message, but it is true. And this is what God is saying. I feel like a a crusader here uh, for the mothers that are not courageous. I'm telling you, we're going to have to make some difficult and tough decisions, difficult and tough decisions. Don't let Isaac or rather uh, don't let Ishmael mock you. We're going to have to seek the face of God. Lord, what are you saying about this child? What are you saying about this child? We cannot let motherly instincts or fatherly instincts hold back or prevent us from doing what God said. It was God's will that Ishmael leave. God told Abraham, he's got to go. Hearken to the voice of Sarah. I put this in Sarah's heart. It is time for him to go. There is a time uh, to hold and there is a time to release. There is a time to kiss and there is a time to release. A time to let it go. And you have to know the appropriate time and the appropriate season. There is a thing that's called a false launch. False launch. But in this case, there was, this was an appropriate launch. When Abraham uh, released, when Abraham and Sarah released Hagar and Ishmael out, they gave them, they gave them bread and water. They gave them provision. 
Bread represented the word of God. They, they gave them a word that would sustain them in that season. Water represented the spirit. They gave them the word and the spirit that would promote them to the next level. You may not have all the money that you need to give them as you, as you, uh, all the money that you want to give them. But if you give the mothers the word of God and give them the spirit of God, the word of God and the spirit of God will sustain them during difficult times. I know in my family, I know in my family that I desire, when our children are older, I desire to be able to give them a house. I, I desire to be able to give them a lot of things, to get them to the place, uh, so that rather so they won't have to go through a lot of things that we went through when we were first uh, starting out in life. I desire to give them those things and make sure that they have the good credit and, and make sure that things are together. But there are some things that I cannot do for them. There are some decisions that they are going to have to make on their own when our children reach an age of accountability they are accountable not only to me but they're accountable to god they're accountable to god and they will have to make their own decisions and there will come a time when we are simply enabling our children to be mediocre because we do not release them once god says release because only when Isaac was, rather, only when Ishmael was released did he become a great nation. Did he become a great nation? Don't be accused of holding your children back from becoming great because we say, well, you don't know them, Pastor. You don't know, you don't know, you don't know, you, you don't know about my son. He's, he's, seven, he's um, 55 years old, but he has the mind of a 15 year old. You don't know, you don't know, you don't know. You don't know my child, Pastor. You don't know my child. No, you don't know the promise of God and the gift of God that lies within him. Let him grow. Let her grow. Let them grow. Let them grow. Let them grow. There's a time of nurturing. There's a time when we, when we hold the child up to the breast. There's a time when we feed the child. There's a time when we love on the child. But, there's a, but then there is a time also of release when we have to let them grow and we have to let them go. Yes, they're going to fall on their faces. Yes, they're going to uh, fall in pit holes and, and potholes. Yes, they're going to do all those things. But that is a part of living. That is a part of life. And they will learn to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus just as you did. And they will be saved. The Bible declares if we train up a child in the way that they should go, when they're old, they will not depart from it. Hallelujah. But there is a time of release. There's a time of release and you know that we have passed a time of release when it takes more uh, to in, or the or they drain you more than help you. I know mothers even right now that it their children are literally killing them, literally killing them. They're on pain medications, all kinds of different pills because of what the children, because of what the stress uh, that the children are bringing in the home. And instead of releasing the child, she would rather die keeping them in there and then she is dead and then the child does not know how to fend for themselves. There's a time of release, there's a time of cuddling and coddling, there's a time of nursing and there's a time of release. Know when the time of release is. If you keep the child beyond the time of release, you will stunt their growth and the nation will not be born. 
you must know when there is a time of release. So I'm calling you today courageous mothers. Some of you have not hit that age. You have not, your children have not hit that age. And some of you have. But there's a time of being courageous. There's a time of being good. And sometimes we cannot avoid being bad. But there are times and seasons. And we have to know the times and the seasons. And as we close, let me tell you, we are living, of course, in the last days. And time is winding down. And if they don't learn to fly, if our children do not learn how to commune with God, if they, don't, if they do not learn how to fend for themselves, who's going to teach them? Who is going to teach them? The world is not going to be gentle at all. But we've got to make that decision and uh, be the type of person that God wants us to be. So I pray today that you've heard the word of God. Well, praise the Lord. All right, my friends, you've just heard a message recorded live right here at Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center in Bremen, Georgia. I pray that it has been a blessing to you. And if you've just heard the sample clip only, oh my goodness, my friend, you still have so much more to hear. And to hear the entire message, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And click on the 2011 Sermon Player, and I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If you would like to hear even more about the ministry, then just continue in the website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. And you can click on the buttons and just have yourself a good time. There's Kingdom Rock or KR Web TV, and you can watch messages there if you'd like. Or also on Kingdom Rock Radio, you can hear other samples of messages, and there are some full-length messages there as well. Just have yourself a ball. And make sure you drop us a line and let us know how Kingdom Rock is helping or, or affecting you, or even give us your prayer request. We will be so glad to pray with you. All right, my friends, until next time, remember that Jesus Christ is Lord. Choose Him as your Lord today. Only He can make a way.